I would like to start by welcoming all of you. Actually, this is going to be a very special session, special in the sense that some of the things I will discuss here this morning, I will not be able to discuss at all during the evening session and tomorrow. Uh, this is supposed to be uh, for senior boys and girls. So, um, freshers uh, are not going to uh, benefit from it, essentially because some of the information might be quite frightening. Um, when we were children, we used to say a prayer before reading the Bible. We call it prayer before reading the Bible. So let us say it together. Open thou our eyes, O Lord, that we may behold wondrous things out of thy law. For Christ's sake, amen. And Heavenly Father, visit us this morning. Lord Jesus Christ, visit us this morning. Spirit of the living God, you are welcome this morning to come and take over this entire session so that the name of the Lord God of hosts shall be glorified. The children of God will be edified and the evil one will be horrified. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Um, we are going to have quite some interaction because I would like you to ask questions, uh, not just questions about what we've discussed, what we are discussing this morning, but also some of the things we covered last night. So feel free um, to jot down whatever questions you'd like to ask, and when the time for that comes, um, you can ask your questions. Uh, but before then, um, it's important to know that there are so many angles that people try to cover with regard to the end times. And because of this, there is a lot of confusion. Lots and lots of confusion. There are people who have placed all kinds of dates. They'll tell you on so and so day the rapture is going to take place because of so and so things. But we should never forget that the Lord Jesus Christ said, Of the time and hour knoweth no man, not even the angels in heaven, nor even the Son of Man himself. But this is what God has prepared, and only God knows when. And he will reveal it to the Son of Man, of course. But the important thing is to know that we, as God's children, would not be put in the dark. We know the signs. It's just like when I was in secondary school. Um, what prepared me very much for university education was that in those days in government secondary school, Afiko, continuous assessment was being done. So it wasn't a matter of teaching people all through the term. Then at the end of the term, you take an exam. 
like most schools were doing. So by the time I got to the United States for my undergraduate studies, um, continuous assessment was no problem for me. I was ready to take tests any day, any time, because that was what I learned in my secondary school days at Africa. So for us, children of God, we need to continually assess ourselves. We need to continually be updated so that we will upgrade our knowledge of these things. Lots of things you will hear all over. Dates have been set. In fact, some people felt that the Lord was going to come on the 23rd of um, February. Some, that's this February, just a few days from now. Some people said it would be by December 23rd. Some people are saying it's going to be September 23rd because of some very serious cosmological events that are supposed to occur then. All I'm saying is we should be ready. We shouldn't abandon our work or the things we are doing because we know the Lord is coming and because we expect Him to come. But we should not live in a life of dissipation as if we don't know the Lord is coming. We should plan for tomorrow. We should work hard wherever we are, do whatever we can do, and continue to do them well, while still anticipating that in the middle of our busy schedule and busyness, the Lord Jesus Christ will come. So, it is not to let us let our guards, or to become loafers, going about expecting the coming of the Lord I remember 1970 at the end of the war, at the end of Nigerian Biafra war, I was still a teenager. We went back to secondary school. And there was a question. And the question was, do we evangelical Christians, remember we're teenagers, should we finish secondary school, go straight to ministering, preachers, evangelists, spreading the word of God, because the coming of the Lord was very close. Some of us are thought that the revival of the wartime and even in 70s where there was an explosion of uh, uh, young people committing their life to the Lord Jesus Christ, mostly through the uh, auspices of the uh, Scripture Union and Scripture Union ministry, that the coming of the Lord was at hand. So many said that there was no time to waste, so let them go to the ministry. But I was one of the few who said, let us complete our studies. Let us get into various professions. And stupidly enough, those days, you know, young children with zeal, we were saying that every lawyer was a liar. So we said, every, any profession except law. And when we started needing the lawyer, lawyers, they were not there. So, knowledge without zeal. So many said, no, Brochinedi, you're wasting time. But I thank God that many listened. We went into various professions, engineering, medicine, architecture, teaching, uh, all kinds of scientific and liberal arts and humanities and uh, social and um, uh, biological sciences. And today, to the glory of God, there is no regret about that. So let us keep being busy in what we are doing, but also realizing that eternity must be in view 24-7. Let's never, never forget that Jesus could come any moment.
any moment. Let's take a look at some of the discourses of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ concerning the second coming. I go back to Matthew chapter 24. Matthew chapter 24. Remember verse 12 and following to 14. We ended on verse 14 last night. It says, And because lawlessness will abound, the love of many will grow cold. Let's read 11 first. Then many false prophets will rise up and deceive many. Many who are saying the Lord will come on a particular date and he doesn't come. I don't see them as false prophets. I only see them as people who are speculating on dates. I don't see them as the real false prophets. The real false prophets are those who will shake your foundational beliefs in the Lord Jesus Christ and who will turn your eyes away from him and give you an impression that so and so and so is right when it is wrong. These are the false prophets and they are pervasive. In fact, in every environment you see them. In the church, you see them. In religious organizations, you will see them. In the educational system of the world that is driven by secular humanism, you see them. In political realms, you see them. They are there. They have intents that when you look at them from a physical, materialistic, political or social or economic perspective, they make sense. They make a lot of sense. But when you now begin to see these things from a spiritual perspective, using the eyes of spiritual light shed by the Holy Spirit of God, you will discover that these people are flukes, they are fake, and they are not telling you the truth. Then, verse 11 again, many false prophets will rise up and deceive many. And because lawlessness will abound, the love of many will grow cold. But he who endures to the end shall be saved. And this gospel of the kingdom will be preached in all the world as a witness to all nations, and then the end will come. Therefore, when you see the abomination of desolation spoken of by Daniel the prophet, Standing in the holy place, in parenthesis, whoever is, let him understand. Then let those who are in Judea flee to the mountains. Let him who is at the housetop not go down to take anything out of his house. And let him who is in the field not go back to get rid of his clothes. But woe to those that who are pregnant. And to those who are nursing babies in those days. And pray that your flight may not be in winter or the Sabbath. For then there will be great tribulation such as has not been since the beginning of the world until this time. No, nor shall ever be. And unless those days were shortened, no flesh will be saved. For the elect's sake, those days will be shortened. Now, remember Jesus was addressing three questions. The apostles were excited at the beauty, the elegance, the aesthetic 
nature of the uh, temple in Jerusalem. And they brought that to the Lord's attention in their glee or gleefulness about that beauty of a design. Lord, look at this temple. Isn't that gorgeous? Jesus tells them, I tell you. You see this temple? You see this temple? It will be totally destroyed and not one stone will be left on the other. That has been fulfilled. It was fulfilled in AD 70. In fact, Josephus, who wrote the story, the second century after that, a historian, very versatile historian of those days, said that, indeed, some people had actually gone to the temple ground and plowed it. Meaning that no stone was left on the other. Apart from the fact that one of the major stones used in building the temple was so humongous that according to archaeological finds, it measured about 18 feet long and um, I think somewhere around 12 feet high and about 12 feet in depth. I don't remember. I'll get the details some other time. So it was very big. And only a, even a modern day crane will find it difficult to lift that. Only a mystery that made that stone be at that particular place. And yet it was totally crushed. And the Romans not only did that, they made sure that all the cracks where there were gold embedded on the wall of the temple was broken and burned so that the gold would melt away and they would be able to get the gold. So exactly what the Lord said will happen, happened less than 40 years after he predicted it. Question number one answered. Number two, what will be the signs of your coming? That's what we are now reading. And question number three, the end of the world. So some of these things will address the issue of the end of the world. And some of them will address the issues of the second coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. He's talking about the temple. I mean the abomination of desolation. Some people thought it occurred in the time of um, Ethiopius and Epiphanes. Epiphanes. Um, when he sacrificed a pig in the altar in Jerusalem to show that they we are now in charge. I think that's not the abomination of desolation that Jesus talked about. That was a very long time ago. The abomination of desolation is still coming because the temple, the new temple, has to be built. And this new temple that has to be built, brethren, believe it or not, 85% of all the materials to be used in building the temple are already assembled, waiting for the building of the temple. We will come to that issue of why did the last major thing Obama did was to set up Israel every time from the creation of the United Nations until December 23 last year, barely two months ago, less than two months ago, America vetoed everything against Israel. Any measure that was brought to accuse Israel, deal with Israel by the world, America said no. 
America protected Israel with her reputation, with her military might, with her political reach all over the world. But all of a sudden, Obama pulled the rug off Israel's feet. Betrayed Israel at the last moment. God united nations to make a resolution that Jerusalem was mostly occupied land and didn't belong to Israel. Knowing that Trump will never allow that to happen, they quickly assembled that. And on the 15th of January, we'll come to this later, of this year, barely a month ago, one month and two days ago, 17 nations got together to make sure that UN resolution was amplified and executed. That Israel must pull away from Jerusalem. Now, let's stop that. We'll come back to it. It is when that is now done. When the temple eventually, because Israel says we are not pulling away. The temple will be built. Israel will accept a false Messiah. And that false Messiah will guarantee safety for many years. And that false Messiah will eventually take over the temple. Some people have thought that the Pope will do that. The Pope actually, as some of the things that I will discuss will tell you, there is really katakata now. How many of you learned that this week there has been an exchange of words between the Vatican and the White House? How many heard of it? Nobody. We need to listen to news. We need to listen to news. The Vatican and the White House. There is a reason for it. How many of you heard that Flynn, only a recently national security advisor appointed by President Trump, how many of you heard that he resigned a couple of days ago? Okay, thank God you had that. How many of you know why he resigned? He resigned because uh, there were discussions that he held with um, Russia and um, he didn't fully disclose to the White House what was discussed, knowing fully well that um, the White House has, uh, has some sanctions, the U.S. has some sanctions on, his, on uh, Russia. And um, as a national security advisor, you should at least report back to, to, to your base, okay. whatever it is that you are discussing okay. with. Thank Russia. you. Thank you. Um, any other? That is... 100% the official version. So you're right. The official version. Any other one? He basically spoke to um, the Russian uh, authorities, giving them assurances that he wasn't certified to give because he wasn't uh, employed then. I think they were going to react against something Obama had said, but he told them to calm down, that that wouldn't be an issue. And based on his assurances, they didn't take the action. Okay, okay. So that's another part of the um, uh, the what do you call that? The official version, and um, it's like Flynn went out of the way to um, uh, give an impression that um, he could do things without the authority of Mr. President. How many of you 
know the true version. What started all this? Pure and simple. How many of you have heard about Planet X or Nibiru? Something is happening today. The issues are clear. For many years, neither the American government, nor the Russian government, nor the entire New World Order wants the world to know that there is a planet, Nibiru, that comes around the solar system every 3,600 years. And it is thought that it was that Nibiru that caused the flood when it did. So, what is happening is this. That Nibiru, or planet X, or Nemesis, as the case may be, as people call it, when it eventually comes closer, they are, they are monitoring the movement. And they are saying that if it comes to 20 million miles, the, the, the atmosphere of the earth, there is going to be katakata that this world had never seen or known before. And that it will submerge a good part of east and western coast of the United States of America. Parts of Africa and parts of Europe will be submerged. And it's going to cause such a horrifying, horrendous disaster in the whole world that the survivors will envy those who are dead. Exactly the way Revelation said it. So, the problem is, do you tell the world that this thing is going to happen or do you continue to pretend that everything is alright? Government, big brother is thinking for you. Big brother is taking care of you. According to Judge Orwell's 1984 and so on. Brethren, a few days ago, there was an argument between Trump and Flynn. The issue was, Trump is worried that the world is kept in ignorance about Nibiru. That there was a kind of conspiracy of quietness. That nobody wants to say it. But let me tell you, some people know. They have observed it. I've actually, not directly, but seen Nibiru by this, some of these YouTube things. But Flynn, I'm sorry to say, I'm a bit ambivalent about this thing. Flynn told Trump, because Trump said it's a security issue. The world must be alerted. Flynn said, if you reveal it, there's going to be disaster in the U.S. People will panic so much. The banking system will collapse. The economy will collapse. People will be so shaken and frightened that they are going to withdraw all the money they have. People are going to start looking for real estate in villages. Because right now, believe it or not, every retired naval general in America leaves the coastline and goes to the hinterland. Why? Why do they abandon their homes in the coastline and go to America's hinterland? They know something is going to happen. 
So, the issue now is, if you look at Trump, Trump is right. Let the world know. If you look at Flynn, Flynn is right. Do you bring an economic disaster on the world immediately by this revelation? And you know what happened? The Pope, through his, and his emissaries, warned Donald Trump in a papal message. Don't dare reveal it. If you go to the internet, you will see Trump's reply. Trump sent an emissary to deliver it because Trump considered it infradig, below his dignity to go directly to see the Pope. So he sent a trusted emissary to make sure that his letter got to the papacy. Why is it that one of the largest observatories in the world today to see what is happening in space is owned by the Roman Catholic Church, the Vatican, in Arizona, where my second daughter, China, was born. They know these things. They don't want anybody else to know. There is going to be trouble whenever it happens. I don't know when. It's going to be rough. And for those of you who don't realize, a good part of Africa will be affected. So, if you reveal this and everybody knows it, for instance, for me now, um, I'm going to start raising some village chicken and um, small goats and things like that so that we have a little bit of protein in case it happens way before the Lord Jesus comes. But I believe that the Lord would have come before this thing so that we Christians don't need to worry about these things. But the fact remains that both arguments are tenable. You tell the world, katakata, collapse of the entire global community. I mean, and, uh, economy, I mean. You don't tell the world, people will be in, uh, in ignorance and it will happen suddenly, unpreparedly. But are you going to tell the world and everybody starts moving to the same location? How many of you know that there are hundreds of underground bunkers, fortified, built in America in case of such a disaster? How many of you know? Yes, they are in America. So, I'm saying this because this is, uh, as I said, senior boys and girls. So, we don't bring a lot of panic to the rest of the world, uh, our brethren. But it's important to know that such a thing is happening. Papacy is angry that Trump wants to let the cat out of the bag. And Flynn supports the idea of a delay. He said, give me one year. And when Trump got angry and said, how dare you? Because Flynn said, you may be the president, but I have the army with me. Army agrees that they need a year to prepare before the announcement. So that there are going to be secessions. California is already threatening to secede from America. New York might. The two major states that voted against Trump. Because in case of Katakata, of course, New York is going. And part of California is going. How many of you also know that there is going to be a catastrophic economic collapse in the world very soon? How many? And how many of you know why Obama did everything to start a war with Russia. In this U.S. US Russian imbroglio, is the, the real patient person or entity has been Russia. 
if America, if Russia did to America what America has done to Russia recently, America would have gone to war. But America, Russia refused. Putin diligently decided not to be perturbed. But he's ready for a war. And the reason, and it's not publicly said, is that Obama wanted a third world war before the collapse of global economy so that they would blame the collapse of the uh, you know, global economy on the war. Now that they didn't win, and a man who is a nationalist and not a globalist, because a world war will cause there to be one world government inevitably, now that they did not win, and a nationalist, not a globalist, won. Older Bush, globalist. Defeated by Clinton, globalist. Eventual president after Clinton, younger Bush, globalist. After Bush, Obama, globalist. For the first time in two decades or thereabout, or more than, uh, yes, yeah, about two decades, you have a nationalist president in America who is not a globalist. Even though people are still saying that he might be under the influence of the Illuminati. Some are saying that. But he's way, way, way off track compared to the committed, devilish, satanic globalists. So these things are happening. And most people don't know about them. It's business as usual. Brexit, Theresa May and co, nationalists, as opposed to Cameron, Blair and others, globalists. And there is a wave of nationalism growing up in Europe now, to the point that 57% of Europeans believe that what Trump did was right in stopping immigration of people from those feisty Islamic states. Now, these are things that are happening in our world today that you won't see in the headlines. All of them, Jesus predicted. He said, men's heart will be failing them. In fact, my daughter, second daughter, used to say, ignorance is bliss. Because if you don't know this thing, you'll be going about your business Without worry. I remember in the early 70s, as teenagers finishing our secondary school, some of our senior boys entered university. And many of us in those days practiced what we call divine healing. We weren't taking any medicine. But one of my beloved brothers, senior to me in secondary school, entered medical school and started doing microbiology. And there they thought about how one mosquito parasite multiplies into millions of um, parasites in a very short time. So he told me, Chinedu, you see that parasite, the thing has got to hundreds of thousands now. Chinedu, if I had you know, it's millions now. I don't know if I'm going to stand that. If he didn't know that, he wouldn't be worried that the parasites are overtaking his body. He would just keep hanging on in faith that the Lord was going to heal him. But he said, 
maybe I can open Rezochina, Chloroquine, Camoquine, all those things. All the queens of those days. But many people were very allergic. I was particularly allergic because they itched me too much for days. So the after effect of the of taking of the drug was to me worse than the malaria that I had because I was very, very susceptible to malaria attack when I was very young. But sometimes you need knowledge in order to prepare. And what thing I will promise is that from time to time I will try to do an update and make brethren know what we think is happening so that if there is need, Ichuba Egoji Mbechikade. I achieve Egoji in the broad daylight instead of the night. But I just wanted you to know that the global situation is frightening. Very very frightening. Briefly, before we come back to Matthew, um, let's go to Luke chapter 21 and see how Luke, the doctor, described it. He said here in verse 25, Luke 21:25 and following. And there will be signs in the sun. We are seeing signs in the sun. How many of you realize that never in the recorded history of the world have we had as many flares from the sun as we've had in the last two years? How many of you know that? Heavy duty flares. You know the sun is so massive. It can swallow all of our planets so many times over. And you know, the sun is the closest star to us. And they call it a bachelor star because many of the stars occur in doubles. They call the sun a bachelor star because it occurs alone in our solar system. And how many of you realize that around December 2011, was it 2011? I think it was December 2010 or so, but one of the two that they discovered a star that is 21 billion times larger than our sun. If the sun can swallow Mercury, Venus, Earth, Mars, Jupiter, Saturn, Uranus, Neptune, and Pluto, and swallow them only in one small part of it, Now, you can think of a sun that will swallow our own sun, that will swallow 21 billions of our own sun. That's what science is all discovering. What God has created. That's why God has precise knowledge of everything happening and that will happen. He is God. Look at it again before I... Uh, continue, and there will be signs in the sun, and in the moon, and in the stars, and on the earth, distress of nations with perplexity, the sea and the waves roaring, men's hearts failing them from fear, and the expectation of those things which are coming on the earth, for the powers of the heavens will be shaken. 
The powers of the heaven will be shaken. Anxiety, fear, distress of nations, people terrified. And the more you know, the more frightened you are if you don't have Jesus Christ. But according to the law of Abracadabra again, the more you look, the less you see. They don't want the world to know exactly what is happening. Men's heart. Jesus is the one speaking here. Failing them for fear of those things that are happening. Then they will see the Son of Man coming in a cloud of power and great glory. Now when these things begin to happen, look up and lift up your heads. Because your redemption draws near. Hallelujah. He didn't say be frightened with the rest of the world. But look up. For our redemption draws near. This is to strengthen us. That the creator of the universe. The one and only Lord God of hosts. Who created universe through his word. Our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ says. I'm coming again. Nobody can stop him. All the nuclear weapons in the world cannot stop him. Nobody can stop him. All the armies of the world, the Chinese with more than 200 million strong soldiers, the Russians with their tens of millions of soldiers, and all these huge countries, nobody can stop him. How many of you know the exchange between United States and China in the last one week? Anybody following that? Okay. You want to give us a glimpse? Go ahead. Apart from the uh, South Sea issue, which is Basically because of the oil, the other issue has to do with economy and um, the test of power. So, America is seeing China as a rivalry and um, would want to cut China to size. Again, China is a, greatest, a great support to this mad, this madman was the name in North Korea. Um, these are some of the issues that I have been able to gather as the reason for the latest impasse between the two countries. Thank you very much. You are very correct. Economic issues and then territorial issues. For the economic issues, we don't want to worry much about it because everybody is concerned. Obama had to punish Russia by making sure that oil prices remained, were brought so low, crashed, and remained low so that Russia would not be capable enough to continue her economy. Now you've heard about the growing influence of Russia because many of you don't realize how many of you know that Obama was supporting ISIS. Okay? So, poor that only one or two people know these things. That Obama was funding ISIS. 
to decimate countries. How many of you know that the CIA was involved in the establishment of Boko Haram? Okay. So, you see, people don't know what is happening in our world. We need to open our eyes. Read the news behind the news, but especially God's news behind the news. I've said it, and I I have no apologies. The closest thing I know, and I started saying it before anybody even ventured, closest thing I know to the image of the Antichrist is Obama. This morning I read that he has an army of 30,529 people that they say that they are preparing for progressive world leaders that is actually an intellectual and physical material army to fight Trump and to make sure that globalism eventually takes place. Other presidents finish and move away from Washington, D.C. He's living in his bunker two miles away from the White House. How many? You don't hear this thing in the news media because the new media is liberal, gay, anti-Christ, anti-Bible, anti-everything that is decent. If you want the real news, don't listen to CNN. You will get even better news, unfortunately. But you can you hardly get it. Only some people can access it. Fox News. And sometimes Sky News. Occasionally. If you want the real news. But if you want the camouflage of globalists, the Illuminati, and so on. Continue listening to CNN. They will deceive you. They will pull the wool over your eyes. They will only give you those ones they feel are so obvious and that might not threaten, threaten their position and so on. Now for the South Sea. How many of you know that by last week, no, week before last, that China had moved more than 100 Massive warships to that place. And how many know that America has also moved to the South Sea? And of course, you know, you can say American Army might not be the best, you can say American Air Force might not be the best. But today it is incontestable. The strongest navy in the world is American Navy. Nobody's contesting that. They've moved. So the prospects of a third world war loom very large. It could happen anytime. You know, when they were talking about 666 and so on, I kept saying, thank God, say... Those of us in forgotten countries of the world won't be part of it. Now they are insisting that the whole world has to be marked. That the whole world must have this chip implant. You know the problem with the chip implant that I have not had anybody talk about 
I say that in all humility. I will not tell you lies here. Is that the chip implant has the capacity of being accessed by every point of sale machine. It has the capacity of being accessed via satellite. And it has the capacity of upgrading and updating information on it. So anytime they want to arrest you, they will just upgrade their data, update it, and say, once any point of sale scanner sees this person, arrest him. In other words, you can run, but you cannot hide. How many of you have iPhones here? Let me see your hands up. How many of you have Android? Okay, many more. If you have an Android, how many of you know that your movement 24 hours a day is being monitored? Are you good? Some of you know. 24 hours a day. Any place you go, the rooms you enter. In fact, I was shocked when somebody called me from Virginia in the United States of America and told me that I was standing in the front of my house. Because you go to Google, and you go to the area, and you get Africa, and you get Nigeria, and you get Enugu, and you get Transekulu, and you start looking for Upper North Fifth Avenue. Here is Chinedu Nebo standing in front of his house, and he's telling me that from America. But that's even past technology. In today's phone, you are carrying the spy. In your pocket. Sometimes I feel I should envy my wife. Because mommies always put their phone somewhere and forget it. So in case that time she forgets the phone. She's not being spied. Because the phone will only be monitoring what's around. But for those of us where they carry the thing 24-7. You can't hide. Anytime they say you are here. You say you are not. They will pull it up. Espionage has reached a perfect level. You cannot hide from the system. They know where you are and the days are gone when they used to give heads of states wristwatches, golden wristwatches and they rejoice, not knowing that everything you are saying in your bedroom, that wristwatch is broadcasting to them somewhere, telling them what you are doing and saying those days are gone. All they need is the iPhone. Once you have your Android phone and so on, you can't hide. You cannot hide. So, these are the things that are happening today in our world. Nibiru is a planet that may shock the entire Earth. Many years ago, when I looked at the tectonic situation, I don't know how many of you remember that on the 4th, 11th of April, 2012, there was a massive earthquake in Indonesia. The most horrendous, earth-shaking earthquake. But it did not destroy anything. It didn't kill anybody because of where it occurred. But what was shocking to scientists was that it didn't instigate a tsunami. 
The one thing about that earthquake was that it split a whole tectonic plate. Is there a geologist among us or a geophysicist? Because I don't remember now whether there are 27 plates or 29 plates. Tectonic plates that hold the whole world together. Different plates that hold the entire earth together. An earthquake occurred and divided a tectonic plate. Creating one more tectonic plate. Yeah, either making them 28 or making them 30. As the case may be. And I rejoice in those days that I read about the major earthquake zones in the world. When I saw that one of the major ones, the one that involved Nigeria, was passive. It runs from the entire northern Nigeria to the southern Nigeria. If anything happens and God makes it active, you can imagine what will happen to Nigeria. But it's dormant. It is passive, unlike San Andreas Fault and many other earthquake zones that have a lot of tectonic activities going on periodically. So, recently, Vatican and the White House have quarreled over planet X, Nibiru. Recently, a couple of days ago, Flynn resigned. And it was all connected to planet X or Nibiru. Whenever it happens, all you need to do is Google up Nibiru or planet X. And you'll be stunned at the array of information available on the internet. And the possible devastations that could occur. As a result. So. Um, I will give time now. For question and answer. Before I go on. But maybe I should read a little more scriptures. To bring you up to date. Jesus continues. In verse 20, 23. He says. Then if anyone says to you. Look here is the Christ. Or there. Do not believe it. For false Christ and false prophet will rise and show great signs and wonders to deceive, if possible, even the elect. See, I have told you beforehand. Remember what happened in Abuja a few months ago? The man who wanted to claim to be a miracle worker paid a petty trader 500,000 naira to agree to dress up and go into coffin as if he's dead. And then to be brought to the church. And when he prayed, he would now shake in the, this thing. And um, the whole people will have their faith ignited that he's raised the dead. How many of you read about that story? See? Very few. By the time they brought him to the church for the miracle, the man had died. Out of suffocation. They wanted to fake a miracle. In those days, the Lord Jesus says, This sign shall follow them that believe. Today, them that believe are following signs and wonders. 
the tail is now wagging the dog instead of the dog wagging the tail. So you ask yourself, in the scheme of things, where do I stand? Knowledge is power. We need to arm ourselves. We need to arm ourselves. Knowledge is power. This evening, we'll be talking about other things. Some of them extremely disturbing, but we don't need to worry about them because God has given us his kingdom and the grace to withstand every one of these things. That we must make ourselves ready for the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. It is not enough to have just a mental accent. When I was a teenager, I read a tract, no, an article by Herald of His Coming. Missing heaven by 18 inches. That is the distance between the brain and the heart. Believing nominally, but not committing our lives. Not giving Jesus our all. It is important as God's own children or claiming to be God's own children that we are sure where we are. I'm fascinated. Fascinated that these things are happening now. Because I know soon and very soon we are going to see the king. Soon and very soon we are going to see the king. Soon and very soon we are going to see the king. Hallelujah, hallelujah. We are going to see the king. So, as I watch, in the past week, I've seen three of our friends die. Die of cancer of the breast. People ranging from 30 some to 50 some. I see, these are ladies, and I see men dying too. Including very young men. And some of them are emotionally debilitating because of the conditions under which these people die. But then, I know that the king is coming. And is coming for us. So I'm strengthened that the Christian does not need to despair. We don't need to be despondent. We don't need to be hopeless because we are not helpless. These are the things we need to know. Hopefully tonight I'll be able to touch on the implications of September 23, 2015. What happened? A man recently 
attended a mass in the Vatican. Came out of the mass because of the what the priest who conducted the Holy Communion, Eucharist, said. He was asked the question, who is Lucifer? And he says, Lucifer is the best friend of mankind. The man asked him, do you mean what? Say, yes. Lucifer is the one who wants man to advance. After all, what the Freemasons, the Illuminati, the Rothschild family, and all of those people that are globalists, have been globalists from time immemorial. They say that Lucifer is the one who opened the eyes of mankind. But is that not true? Because the Lord told Adam and Eve, The day you will eat this fruit, you will die. And Lucifer came and told them, No, be so. The day you eat this fruit, what will happen? Your eyes will be opened. Man will set an opening eye. You go see better things, so. That's what our people don't realize. Lucifer. You're coming out and you are telling people that Lucifer is man's friend. That's why the Freemasons call it Luciferic Illuminism. The opening of the eye by Lucifer. And they say that Lucifer is coming again. He will emerge. You see this thing they are calling C-E-R-N. CERN. I'm trying to do some research on it. That massive underground proton, um, what do they call it? Uh, they, they try to get protons to hit each other and then measure the reaction. Something that is several times stronger than the whole magnetic field of the earth. In between Paris and between France and Switzerland. About 30 something kilometers underground facility. The horrifying aspect of it is that they want to discover another dimension. Man operates on four dimensions. Three dimensions of, time, of space. That's length, breadth, height or depth. And one dimension of time. But scientists have always known... That whoever created the universe must be operating in at least 11 dimensions. What is the implication? One dimension is just a straight line. Two dimension is a space, flat space. Three dimension is a volume. And then you add time to it. You get our operations in three dimensions. But God operates in four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, even eleven inestimable number of dimensions. That is why he says, my ways are not your ways. My thoughts are not your thoughts. As the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts than your thoughts. How high are the heavens than the earth? How many of us know? A few centuries ago, people said we had a few hundred, a few thousand galaxies. Who knows the galaxy in which our solar system lives? What's the name? Milky Way Galaxy. Do you know that Milky Way Galaxy, 
Milky Way galaxy is only one. Not in a thousand. Not in a million. Not in a billion. But in a quadrillion number of galaxies. How many of you have heard of quadrillions? You've been thinking of trillion. I've been over so. Because our budget has now retreated uh, some trillions of naira. So, but nobody's talking of quadrillion. How many stars do we have? We have one star for our solar system. But we are, the number of stars in the universe is in quintillions or quintillions. That is 1,000 times quadrillion. And quadrillion is 1,000 times trillion. And trillion is 1,000 times billion. Now, if you were to go to the moon at the speed of light, 186,000 miles per second, or 300,000 kilometers per second, how long will it take to read the moon? Just less than two minutes. Two seconds, I mean. Less than two seconds. If you travel at the speed of light, it will take you less than two seconds from the earth to the moon. How many minutes to the sun? 93 million miles. 8 point something minutes. How many minutes or days or years to the center of the Milky Way galaxy at the speed of light? Speed of light. 32,000 years at the speed of light. What will take one second to read the moon will take you 32,000 years to get to the center of our own galaxy. How many years will it take to read the end of the universe? Because the universe keeps expanding. They are now saying between 16 and 23 billion years at the speed of light. So if God says that the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my thoughts higher than your thoughts, and my ways than your ways. Well, we say, Lord, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Why do we argue with him? When he says he will do something, he does it. God is not man, he will never lie. But these are just some information and things that we need to know. Now, we are open for questions. Is there anything burning in your heart you would like? I hope the microphone is around so that uh, those who would like to interact, ask questions and so on, um, you have the privilege. Because if you don't, I will continue with the teaching. What we have to give out to you is so humongous, so much, that these three days is hardly enough. Any question? Remember, I'm a teacher. I may give you an exam if um, I think you have learned everything. Yeah. You want to ask a question? Okay. Praise God. Hallelujah. I'm really terrified. And that's where my question is coming from. I just want to ask, has this, I mean, has occurred this way, and we are getting this information, 
Do we, do, I don't think, is there any need that we young ones, uh, maybe making any, I mean, should we just go and uh, start praying? <laughs> Schooling, going to school and all these things, is it, in fact. Thank you, thank you. I, I hear you. You know, it's like, what happened, like I said, when we were in secondary school, the question that the end is near, why do we go to school? Why do we go to prepare ourselves for various professions? The, the, the fact is, because we don't know the time, the Word of God, the charge does, whatsoever your hands to do, finds to do, do it with what? All your might. In other words, if you're a student, study with all your might. If you are a worker, work with all your might. If you are a preacher, a teacher, a businessman, do that with all your might. God actually calls busy people, not idle people. Look at all the people God called. They are busy people. Jesus called. All busy people. So we shouldn't be afraid. It could take a year. It could take ten years. We don't know. Why did the Lord allow Nibiru to be there? For over a decade now, and still it's noticed, and people know it's going to happen. But it hasn't happened for about um, 15 years since the last time, since the time they began to notice it encroaching. So nobody knows when it's going to be. But we must walk as hard as if the coming of the Lord is so far, but live every moment as if it could be tonight or tomorrow. So the thing is, it's a kind of dichotomy, a push-pull kind of a situation where you never give up. But the important thing what Jesus said, when you see these things happening, do what? Look up. Not look down. Look up. Not be terrified. Don't feel intimidated. Our God reigns. He reigns. He lives. He loves us. He's not going to allow us to suffer in a way that will be so horrible that we are not going to come out of it. No! What happened in Egypt? Before the final devastation of the death of all the firstborn of human beings and animals, what did God do? When I see the blood, when I... See the blood when I see the blood. I will pass, I will pass over you. He told the Israelites, let there be a signpost. And that signpost, you must sacrifice a lamb. If not, you can even share with your neighbor. But there must be blood on the signpost. And when I say the blood, I will do what? Pass over you. Pass I will leave you. No. Pass over you is, I will hover over you to protect you from the angel of death. The blood of Jesus is better, bigger, stronger, much more potent than the blood of bulls. Lamb. And when he says that blood that washes us white as snow, he will hover over us to protect us. And he will bring us to himself. That's really what counts. He shouldn't frighten us. We should daily be excited. And 
those who don't know the Lord, we should be telling them, something is happening, oh, it is time to begin to think about your spiritual end. It should lead us into evangelism. It should lead us into missionary activities. It should lead us into witnessing wherever we are. So that we can have the maximum reach of the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ. Until every nook and cranny of our world has come to the sound and the sight of the gospel of Jesus Christ. And had an opportunity to react to that gospel. This is the time to do that. Ever so much. You know, as my kids were growing up, my daughter once asked me, Daddy, how come my generation is not as zealous as your own? I don't know whether we overpampered our children. They love the Lord. They are serving the Lord. But not the kind of zeal we had. In those days, if I didn't win a soul, to Jesus for the day, it was as if I didn't live. That small portfolio I used to carry, my classmate used to think it's American dollars that was in it. They were full of tracts. I witnessed morning, afternoon, and night. I'm talking of as a teenager, late teens. It came to a time where my father summoned me. He wasn't in town, but he came down. He said he had heard that I was spending more time evangelizing than studying. I was on scholarship. He wasn't paying my school fees. In fact, both secondary school, the small part of higher school, bachelor's degree, master's degree, PhD, was all on scholarship. I was on scholarship for all of them. And he said, how come? I told him, Papa. My grades have never suffered. You are my dad. If at any time you see my grades falling because of my evangelistic activities, uh, stop me. Just give me the word. No more, Chinedu. And I will stop. But, Papa, if my grades are not failing, don't you think you were the one who put this on me? October 25th, 1962, I had a ghastly accident. Fell from a towering school hall, crashed my skull on the floor. That's where the depression on my skull came from. And people went and told my father that Chinedu is dead. Children were singing, Chinedu is dead. They were crying, Chinedu is dead. My father got the word. He was in town, Kafanchan, in those days. He wasn't on duty. He knelt down. That was the testimony he gave me after that. Lifted up his hand. God, you took my first son in NATO. NATO was born in 1950. Two years before me. And I was baptized after he died. He was two years older than myself. He said, you took my first son. If you will spare, and that, you will, that's why I named this one, Chinedu. If you will spare this one, I will give him to you. And whatever you want to do with him, you can do. I said, Papa, you put me in this. That vow you made, remember, you haven't come to God and said, give me back Chinedu. So, since my grades are not falling, 
why not allow me to continue to minister? And he said, it's okay, son. So long as you remember, you have your school certificate ahead of you. My daughter was worried. He said, we have a schoolmate who, two of them, two sons of the same man, who get whipped by their parents anytime they come for scripture union. You people allow us and we go and we learn. But these two boys, their parents beat them up. And yet every Sunday they will come. They will go back to be beaten. That's zeal. With my pocket money and that pocket money of a few of of us, we paid for the books and the fees of some of our colleagues who were driven away by their uncles and parents. We were yet secondary school children. What is happening to this generation? What is happening in our world today? I really wish I still had that zeal I had then. I have softened too much that it worries me. And I've seen myself allowing and permitting things I shouldn't. That in those days, I would never have allowed. Or maybe God has tempered me, broken me, and gotten me to a place where I realized that it is his doing. I will have mercy on whom I will have mercy and compassion on whom I will have compassion. Where I am friendlier to sinners. Where I understand and empathize with them more. Why is he trying to reach them for the Lord? So brethren, we shouldn't be afraid. Don't be afraid. It is time to know that the king is coming. And as that beautiful song, the refrain says, Oh, would you be ready if Jesus should call you today? Oh, would you be ready? Be ready. His call to obey. Be ready. And that's the key thing. Other question? Okay, we have our sister then. After the sister, then uh, my brother, the priest, um, you can ask your question. Thank you. Um, it's just to ask, when you divide the rulers, you have nationalists and globalists. My mind tells me that it's not as simple as that. Um, you know, when I look at someone like uh, Trump, uh, he's a charlatan, you know, and unless you're going to say God uses Nebuchadnezzar's, you know, and so things don't necessarily fit in my mind as neatly as national. Because I know that there's a lot of the nationalist agenda that is still ungodly. It's still racist. It's still hostile to uh, immigrants and so on. So somehow it, it seems in my mind slightly misleading to say everything the globalists are doing is following a... I'm not, I don't, I'm not saying you're saying that, but that's the impression. Mm-hmm. Everything globalist is following a godly agenda and everything nationalist... Sorry, everything nationalist... It's only God and everything globalist is demonic because I don't see that it fits neatly into those categories. Thank you. Thank you very much. Well, that's a very strong um, uh, opinion. I haven't said that Trump is a miracle worker or that he is a saint. Far from it. Far from it. But one thing is true. How many of you here would have voted for Clinton if you were in America? Clinton. Now, knowing what you know about Clinton, how many of you would still have voted for her if you were in America? 
If there is anything satanic and devilish about the American system, you can count Obama and Clinton as the top. These people have demonic, devilish. In fact, they are possessed. And I don't even believe they are human beings. The, how satanic a black pastor got up and said, the reason I told my congregation to change from voting for Clinton was, when Clinton came up and announced to Americans that it's now time for them to change their Christian beliefs. How many of you will vote for such a person? A man gets up and says that these rights and privileges that have been denied Christians, I will give it to them. And because of your own peculiar personality and need, you say you won't vote for him. Are you a child of God? Are you standing with God? I just want you to see the bigger picture. Somebody is ready to destroy Christianity. Another person is ready to uphold Christianity but might not like your face. You ask me, whom are you going to vote for? Parochially, many of our people said, oh, Democrat, Democrat, Democrats, anytime, anywhere, any place. And these people have been undermining the gospel. Look at Syria, for example. Syria is 15% Christian. If they admitted 1,500 Syrians to America as refugees, you would have expected Obama to admit among them 225 Christians. Obama did not admit up to 10 Christians. All those admitted were Muslims. Is that the person you would vote for? Why? Let me now tell you. Why did Benghazi happen? You know why they wanted Clinton to win at all costs? Not just because of globalism. The whole secret about American CIA and government backing and supporting and arming ISIS, Benghazi, that ambassador had it. And when they attacked, they got instruction from the foreign affairs. They said, don't, they told the soldiers that would have protected that ambassador to stand down so that the man would be killed and not ever have any opportunity to tell the world what he knows about Obama and Clinton. These are truths. And you call a man a racist. Some of us are racist. Some of us hate Muslims. That's racism. Some of us hate Hausa people. That's racism. Everybody has a right to, to the people you like or not like. But as a Christian, I don't hate anybody. I may hate what they are doing. So the issues go beyond racism. The issues go beyond a man being a charlatan. The fact is, you have two choices. One said, I'm about to destroy your faith. The other one said, I will allow your faith to continue. Whom would you vote for? That's the issue. But because of parochial stupid personal agenda that are not sanctified, intellects that are not sanctified and spilled with the blood of Jesus Christ. People want to do like Brethren, who we are campaigning for Clinton because of the, the fact that they are illegal aliens. Why do you go to somebody else's country when you don't have the paper? Is it right? Why are you unhappy 
that a man said, if you are coming from a country, do you know that today, it is known all over the world that the greatest sponsors of terrorism is Iran. Do you know that? Why did Obama give $150 billion lifeline to Iran in spite of the fact that Iran calls America the great devil? And yet, look at the Iranian deal. Obama again. You are equipping the people who destroy the world. So sometimes it's good for us be broad-minded so that you can learn. Our sister raised some solid issues. It's not good for a president to be racist. I still don't believe that, um, uh, was, uh, that Trump is racist, per se. He might be. Because he's been painted like that by the media, day in and day out. Anything the media will do to smear him, they will. The reason is a spiritual warfare. The reason is this man that is saying, Christians, 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 come back to America. Take over America. He must be pulled down at all costs. That's why I tell you, if you want the real news, don't listen to CNN. They will smear anybody who is out there to support your gospel. And woe betide me, Chine Dunebo, if because of my own personal need and frustration, I will support somebody who would destroy Christianity. I will never do that. Even if I were to die, but let Christianity continue to be, I would rather choose that. Because Jesus Christ has given his life. Who am I? If the only thing I can do for him is to surrender my life to him. Why would I not do that? So these things, is true. They are not as simple as they look. But the fact remains, right now, Christians are speaking up in America. It wasn't so before. You could be harassed. You could be intimidated. That lady who refused to sign that homosexual marriage certificate, you know she was sacked. It was pressure that forced the county to bring her back. Pressure from all circles. Somebody comes to you. Yeah, we have priests here and tells you, this man wants to get married to this man. If you don't wear them, we will take the license of your church. What would you do? A brother of mine, I don't want to mention his name. He's fair in complexion. He's in New York now. They sacked him from a parish in New York because he refused to agree to the homosexual agenda. Is that the thing we want? Is that what we want? God forbid. So, bro, let me get your question. Thank you very much, sir, for the teachings. I just want you to throw more lights on um, Matthew 24 and verse 19, where it says, And woe unto them that are with child, and to them that give suck in those days. And then, uh, I think Luke 23, 29 also says a similar thing. It says, For behold, the days are coming in which they shall say, Blessed are the barren, and the wombs that never bear, and the paps which never give suck. And then my second question is, I, I had a teaching um, like this, and um, the person was teaching about an, an uh, coming EMP attack on America and was calling on people to prepare. 
And he was saying that he had um, a special knowledge which came to him by, uh, I don't, uh, maybe by learning and by revelation. So, but I thought he was going to say what it is, apart from knowing the Lord and serving the Lord, uh, which you have pointed out. There was something else which he said um, materials should be bought. And when you buy those materials, it, it will now teach you on how to prepare because he said the EMP will destroy virtually everything, anything that has um, circuits, and uh, human beings will go back to uh, the medieval age. So, but that I say secret of survival in case of such attack. I don't know if uh, you can also throw a light on that. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, the first issue was about women and children. I think it's just like the Lord using a, a figure of speech. One of the most important things on earth is he said increase, multiply, replenish the earth and subdue it. So bringing up children into the world is so important. But the Lord is saying that it will even be difficult in those days. Because how do you take care of the children? I remember during the Nigerian Biafra War, the war started when I was in class 2, JS2, in secondary school. And when we fled from Portacot, Portacot was being bombed. And we started running away with others in throngs. My little sister was just beginning to talk. And because the first place we moved to, we didn't have our pots, we couldn't cook, we had to buy rice. Maybe three pence sort of rice for children and so on, each one. And when we were taking cover so that nobody would know where anybody was, little Amoga was shouting, rice, Tora, rice, Toyo, rice, bring rice, he wants to eat. So, the inconvenience of knowing you're hiding and your little child asking for rice and the rice seller to come and bring rice. Oh, you know, that's just a figure. Like It's going to be tough for people with young ones during the intense tribulation period. No doubt about it. No doubt. It's going to be tough. How do you take care of them? Um, we must continue to have children, no doubt. Remember that as a child of God, born again, washed in the blood of Jesus Christ, your children who are young, once the rapture takes place, where are they going to? They are raptured as well. They are sanctified because of you. And it doesn't matter whether two of you believe in Jesus or not. If one of you believes in the Lord Jesus Christ, the children are rapturable. And that leads to the question of possible EMP attack, which I will talk about tonight. Do you need to prepare? I would say, like I told you, that it may be necessary to make sure you have a small farm somewhere. I'm saying just in case. For me, I don't need to worry so much. The very year I got my PhD, 31 years ago, I bought a 100 hectare land between Enugu and um, Opi. The very year I got my PhD. In fact, the course I attended in Lagos Business School last week was on how to maximize that land because we only have been able to um, use about 15 or so percent of that land and I need to improve on it. So, 
That's why I'm veering into agriculture, even though the Lord has done something spectacular and marvelous with a team of engineers I'm working with, and we've been able to design a machine to run a turbine that will produce so much electricity with very little fuel, and that will come. You know, you'll hear about it very soon. But agriculture is very important. And uh, some of you already know that we are growing tomatoes by greenhouse because when you think of some of the imported tomatoes that are so they are treated with chemicals that can kill you. How many of you now know that apple is laden with wax and then you eat it and you don't know what it will cause in your body? So we want to grow our own food. So in that wise, what I will say is try to get, make sure that you don't 100% run away from agriculture. And then growing of small animals. The terrible thing about it is if these things happen and rapture hasn't taken place, when the other young people finish their they will come and raid your farm. They will come and raid your house. All the shop rice and robbers and all of them, the first few days after an EMP attack, they will go and raid them. Finish the food in one or two days and everybody is back to square one. So the argument can be whether it happens or whether it doesn't happen, it doesn't matter. But I would say that if you are able to get some dried food and so on, that you can hide for a while. For instance, you can dry your meat, you can dry your fish, you can uh, learn how to grow mushrooms. I haven't done that. My wife is in very intensely interested in mushrooming and so on. And a few other things. And then crops. You know, if there are crops, if there are, you know, grains that may last for a long time and you want to store and save them, that's also good. But I'm not saying you must do that. I'm only saying in case there is a time that these things become unavailable. In case there is a massive devastation. So, watch and pray. Watch and pray. Nothing wrong in having a small garden somewhere where you can grow a few things. Nothing wrong in getting some foodstuff a little at a time. And as time comes and it doesn't happen and nothing happens, you begin to eat them from the longest serving and so on. But just to be sure that for a short period, you have food. But for those who have that faith, this might not even be necessary. Because I hope and my prayer is that the rapture will take place before any drastic thing that will rob on even the church. Because I tell you, I tell you, if the economy of the world collapses... You cannot access one cobble from your bank. Unadi, hear me? You can't get your money back. All those things about stock market, gone. And because they are gone, you have houses you want to sell them, who go buy? You have land you want to sell, who go buy? Where would they find the money? You can see how precarious the whole situation is. And the reason why we should count on him and not on man. 
Did I answer your question? We will deal more with EMP tonight. Electromagnetic pulse attack. Where you can destroy millions of people in a short time without firing a gunshot. And it's so ready to happen anywhere. The good thing about us in Nigeria is we don't get electricity anywhere. So the villagers will survive. They will survive an electromotic pulse attack. But city folks will not survive it. All your food and so on will be wiped out in a jiffy. Any, any other questions? I think we should be rounding up. Um, we will take these two questions. Brother, ask one, and then sister, you will be the next one, the final one. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Please, since we realize that uh, some of these phones we have today, we virtually monitor us. Is it still advisable for us to have them? <laughs> Thank Praise you, the Lord. Brethren, I could, you know, now that we have the phones, can you imagine life without them? That's the GSM phones. But a few years ago, 1999, there was no GSM in Nigeria. Only Turaya, which was a, um, a kind of mobile phone that uh, was available, and maybe not up to 10 Nigerians or so had Turaya. It was for the very high end. Uh-huh. But eventually GSM came some 18 years ago, and, um, and here we are. You see... The one I said I don't want anymore, but now I realize that I might even need it, is credit cards. There was a time I destroyed my credit cards. American Express, Visa, MasterCard. I cut them all into pieces. I needed a car some, in a city in the U.S. and they told me, no amount of money you deposit will do, many years ago. If you don't have a credit card, we can't rent you a car. Then I was traveling. And at that time, I was not a vice chancellor and not a minister. So I traveled regular economy. But because my legs were strained, this right sciatica that I've had since I was a youth was causing a lot of pain in my legs. I wanted to go to the lounge and relax before taking the final leg of my trip from Nigeria to Europe, from Europe to America. I went to the lounge and I asked, how much do I pay to use the lounge? They said $50. I opened my wallet, brought out $50. I said, we can't accept money from you. Give us a credit card. I had no credit card. So I had to go where Ndi Beno because I didn't have a credit card. There are transactions you cannot repeat, not be able to undertake in the world today without a credit or a debit or a transaction card. So you can't do without them. Where the Christian will now say no is when they insist on implanting this information either on your forehead or any part of your body. Then we will say no. But as for the phone, my own day for that bag there. And it's monitoring me. And I know. I know that I'm being monitored. Every one of us is being monitored. They will give a graph of wherever you are. The horrible thing about this card is 
Every one of your transactions is recorded. And when you lie to your wife that that money you spent in buying something that it was for something else, all she needs is to go and if she has the power to get the record, every penny you have spent can be accessed by international organizations, governments, banking system, economic system, any part of the world. What if everybody receives a mark who is not going to heaven? Because once you get the mark, you're finished. You can't go to heaven. And you get a WikiLeaks type of guy to hack into the mega computers that get the mark. You can imagine what they will do with the information. And brethren, what if they succeed in what I called electron neuronic interface? They are working on it. They don't quite use that term. I'm the one who coined the term. If they are able to now make that chip interact with your brain, Give instruction to your brain and cause your brain to think somehow. And the world government gives information to the chief to wipe out your memory. Una they hear me? So that anything they ask you to do, you will remember whether you're a Christian or not. You will do what will happen to you. That's why it will be dangerous to take that mark. But bro, as long as they haven't implanted it on our bodies, we can use them. And during the rapture, we will abandon them and go. In fact, my wife teases me. I have, I have so many shirts. And she keeps saying, when are you going to wear them? Is it, are you leaving it for those who will not be there at the rapture? And so on. And you leave everything. But for those who reject Jesus Christ, the word of God said, the living will envy the dead. But because the Spirit of God is no longer there, they will not have the capacity to repent. They have sold their souls to the devil. Many years ago, a son was discovered in Britain and hidden in an underground vault. They found out that once that music was played, people were hypnotized, no matter what. And you became a zombie. Take a gun, you take a gun. Go and shoot here, you go and shoot. Ordinary sound! Let alone when they plant it on your body. Don't repeat, don't. Repeat again, don't take the mark. But there are devices, we are at liberty to use them so long as they haven't been embedded on our bodies. Praise the Lord. Sister, the last question. So my question is very simple. Sometimes I get actually troubled in my heart as I keep um, pondering over some issues. I know you haven't really talked about false prophets, but then I may not have time to ask the question when you do. I tend to see Christians in some of those congregations that are perhaps not um, correct, and yet they're sincere in their search for God. So sometimes I keep wondering, and even in some of these issues you're talking about, the Lord has the capacity to truncate the plan of the enemy at any point. So why does he sometimes keep quiet and this thing is getting so complicated? And even, even the Bible says that if care is not taken, even the love of the, of the, of the elect will wax cold. So sometimes these thoughts just keep going round and round in my head, you know. 
lots of congregations, sincere believers, and they're in those wrong places. And some are dying and going to hell. And then I know that it's not the will of the Lord for any to perish. And then we're still so feeble and so helpless if he does not come to our aid. In this in past week, a cousin of mine called me. He's a young um, pastor in, in a congregation somewhere on the outskirts of Enugu. And I know him from childhood. He's a very sincere child of God. And they are attacking him in that place. And so he called me and said, and say them, I want to give you an update. On Sunday, I just couldn't see anymore. And I screamed and I said, it's a lie. So the attacks have been coming. And now they want to blind him. And then I always say, and we are clinging to him. So what else are we supposed to do? Thank you. Praise the Lord. Brethren, if, for instance, because of our convenience, we want God to do what he said he would not do. Is it right? If, because of our convenience, what God says must happen, we pray for it not to happen. Are we being fair and true to ourselves? No. God said all these things will happen. He said they will even kill us. He said they will even kill us. I have preached at All Saints Church. And at the end, two men came to me. They said, bro, we love you. We love you so much. That was years ago. Please, tone down. The radar is on you and on a few preachers. People like Emeka Mwamba in those days. There was a time they arrested about 15 of them, intercessors, because of the kind of prayers they were praying. And he said, bro, your life is so important to us, we don't want it to happen to you. Told them, those they arrest now, they take them to Kirikiri prison, give them a few days of a free shop and so on, and uh, interrogate them, sometimes torture them, and release them. If they kill me, it's because, because of the fact that I preach. It's up to them. So the fact is, Jesus says we will pass through all these things. If you are praying not to suffer, you are praying in vain. They called him a man of sorrow and acquainted with grief. And the children say, we don't want to have a pain. We don't want to have sorrow. We want only bread and butter Christianity with tea, laden with sugar and milk. It's not going to happen. He said these things will happen. But as they happen, don't be dismayed. Do what? Look up. These things will happen. They will fight us. The spiritual warfare is deafening now. Many, many Christians are not seeing them. There are equipments that people are using. The reason I'm not going to eat this speculation. They've been able to physically use equipment to see demons invading this world. But I don't, I can't say that on authority because the sources, I don't know how credible they are. Massive demons! The types that are called reptiliots. You can Google reptiliots. Massive. So, we are in a spiritual warfare. Part of the delusion that the Lord allowed, and you see the reason this night, a massive delusion to occur so that these people will not know what they are doing. In our they will not believe you. 
Many of these things I'm saying, there are places I'll say them and I'll be shocked to death immediately. They will not believe you. The Bible said because they did not love the truth, God allowed a massive delusion to capture them and they will not escape. That's the delusion that is occurring. He says the massive spread of immorality and all kinds of things all over the world and people are cringing to, you know, where national policies now have to define that a man can marry a man, a woman, a woman. And that a man and a woman, husband and wife, can adopt children and train them up as homosexuals. And lesbians can adopt children and bring them up as lesbians. Is that what we want for our world? But it's happening. And what throughout history, every civilization, every empire died when it reached the stage of homosexuality and lesbianism. Every one of them in history. And that's where the world is today. The whole world. Not just America. Canada is even way ahead of America. Many parts of Europe. People get up and condemn Jesus Christ. Nobody does anything to them. Netherlands a few years ago. Because a preacher said something. Something about Islamic terrorism. He was cautioned, arrested and detained. Netherlands. Do you know that there was a party in the White House? There has never been a party in the White House, major party, in which Billy Graham, when he was younger and able, up to he was 80 years old, or his son, Franklin, was not invited. This particular party, Obama made sure that a letter was written to Franklin Graham Telling him not to attend. Why? Because Franklin Graham said something against Islamic terrorism. Obama. He said, you are disinvited. The courtesy of not even writing, but the the impunity of writing and telling a man of God, because of your stand, you are disinvited. You are not wanted. And you know, in Trump's um, inauguration, who said the most potent prayer there? Franklin Graham. We are in a spiritual warfare. And many brethren are just pretending and said, and Trump don't want to know, leave me, let me die in ignorance. We need to wake up. Awake that that sleepers. Woe to them that are at ease in Zion. They will fight you spiritually. If they can blind you, they will try to do that. If they can maim you, they will try to do that. If they can stop you by making sure that the whole populace comes against you, they will try to do that. They will get all kinds of things against Christians. But will Christians even stand with each other? Will they? Will they? That's another question. Are we committed enough to the Lord Jesus and to each other? By this shall all men know that you are my disciples if you have love one for another. Is it happening? These are things we need to ask ourselves. And as we go this morning, let's keep praying. 
Just ask God to open your eyes. So many things are happening. Very painfully. If I tell you I didn't lose sleep about American election, I would be lying. I even wept when every poll, not a single poll, said that Trump will win. Not one said he will win. Not one. All of them said he would lose. And that Clinton was going to have what? A landslide. Not one said that Trump had any chances. In addition to that, Trump himself was using his mouth to run against his campaign. As a man who was, I don't understand, like I said, He's like the person I can describe as a man who worked ever so hard to lose an election and then ended up winning. At a time, I thought he was a stooge of Democrats, that they were using him to destroy the uh, Republican Party. Because of what he was saying. You are debating with somebody and you call her a naughty woman. You are debating with somebody and you said, I will put you in jail. Is that how to run a debate? And yet he won. God is mysterious. Ndee was not the imilimious. Amama, amase, amase. How, how did this happen? What miracle? That God, you see, the heart of the king is in the hands of the Lord. On that election day, as they were going in, maybe the spirit said, put it here. Put it here. They tried to recount in some places. What did they find out? That instead of Trump losing some more votes, he was gaining more. They stopped it immediately. I'm sure you all know that America has admitted that 850,000 illegal people voted for Clinton. Did you hear that? You were told, you know. Over 850,000. That they, they have agreed though, illegal aliens who were not supposed to vote went and voted for Clinton. How did that, that happen? When a spiritual warfare. And so, it is time that him or she or her that sleepeth would wake up. The day is far spent. The night is at hand. Let's rise for a word of prayer. Jigidem, onyem wem, Jesus, jigidem, jigidem, oh, jigidem, onyem wem, Jesus, jigidem, also den, also den, ke, Father, we thank you for your spirit that has shed so much light on our souls. We pray that as we depart from here, we will be full of gratitude. 
that we have the privilege of hearing and knowing these things that 99% of the world does not even know. That we are part of the family of God, rapturable family of God, globally, with hundreds of millions of people knowing that you are coming back. Every Sunday we repeat this in the Apostles' Creed. That is coming again in power and glory. Father, we thank you that we are part of that family. We thank you that we are part of the family that will not encounter or experience the wrath of God. That you will shield us as we have the blood of Jesus as the signpost of our lives and hearts. That you will hover over us and rapture us. And we will be with you in the air when you visit your wrath upon the world. Fill us with such gratitude and being filled with such gratitude. Make us a community of witnessing Christians. Wherever we are, let us tell people to come and hear your word. Let us bring people to the sight and sound of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Let us begin to prepare Christians for the second coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. Use us as instruments in your family, in your kingdom, in your church. And Father, we pray. That by the power of the Holy Spirit, no one here will be grounded on the day of the rapture. May we all remain rapturable unto the coming of the Lord in the name of Jesus. Fill us with the Spirit so that we will continue as we await His coming to live and walk with you unto our pleasing. Believing that you've granted our requests and trusting that you will do even more than we have sought for or prayed for. We say may all glory and honor and dominion and power be ascribed unto your holy name through Jesus Christ our Lord who lives and reigns with you in the unity of the Holy Spirit, one God, forever and ever. Amen. And all the saints of God shall say, Amen. Amen.